Yo, how is everybody going? Sorry that it's been a minute. I have been traveling around Queensland. I flew up to Harvey Bay and then I went down to the Gold Coast. Now I'm back in Brisbane for two days before I go up to Mackay. <laughs> so my March has been a little bit chaotic. That's why there hasn't been that many episodes. And I thought I would jump on here to just talk to you about something that I think is really important. Something that kind of happened to me over the past week, which was facing my fear, <laughs> facing my panic. And I thought it would be a good thing to talk about because I see this as like a common occurrence within my interviews with other people. Also, while I am doing this episode, I'm going to be doing my skincare. I just jumped out of the shower. I'm going to be having a glass of red. And I'm so excited because I got some new cruelty-free products. We love cruelty-free. And yeah, so if you hear me opening things up, that is just me preparing to do a step of my skincare. So what kind of made me want to talk about this was that I recently, well, last week, I faced my fear of flying. And it's not really a fear of flying itself. Like I've flown many a time before. I mean, I used to fly overseas quite regularly to see my ex in New York. Um, but it was like this internal fear that came up about being trapped. And that comes from being trapped like in my life, being trapped in a room, being trapped in a situation I don't want to be in, being trapped in a contract. <laughs> like I just don't like being trapped. Also driving, like being trapped in traffic, trapped on a highway, like being trapped is a major source of where my panic comes from. And anyway, my dad was getting married and we were going up to Harvey Bay uh, because that's where my grandparents live. And I had the decision to make, which was either get on a Greyhound bus, which was gonna take seven and a half hours because they have to stop along the way or take a 50 minute flight from Brisbane. So Harvey Bay is about four hours from Brisbane in car and I don't drive. So that was never gonna be an option for me. And I also was like, okay, I've done enough work internally like mentally like maybe now it's time that I face these panic attacks and if you have ever had a panic attack you know exactly what it's like but if you have never had a panic attack I will describe it for you and it's different for everybody but for me a panic attack is where I feel like I'm gonna lose control of my behavior and I'm gonna go into some type of psychosis and I'm going to hurt people around me or hurt myself and I'm just going to lose all control. And this stems from, sorry, the traffic is very loud outside but you can hear that, but this stems from my PTSD and some things that happened to me and it really started to bubble up about six years ago, seven years ago when I first stopped taking drugs. And last year I had decided to come off my medication because I was on a SSRI and I decided, okay, I'm feeling good now. Like my life's kind of sorted. Like I'm living out of home and 
got my own place and I've got a job and you know my art's going well I'm going to go off my meds and I was actually talking to my sister who is an RN registered nurse and she was like Maddie like that's half the reason why you should just stay on your meds like if things are going well but anyway under the guidance of my doctor I decided to come off my medication um, over a series of months and I literally after the floods happened last year in Brisbane I just hit a wall and the panic attacks started coming back I lost my job I quickly got a new job um, and then I had a lot of court things happening um, like being told I was gonna be subpoenaed and things like that which didn't turn out to be that bad but yeah a lot of things were happening in my life and one of the other things which is so weird is that I have this thing about escapism where like I try to escape and I think that's why my art is really great but anyway so I was <laughs> I was faced with this dilemma of being like okay I need to get to Harvey Bay my dad is going to be so angry at me if I do not go to his wedding and I need to go so I was like I'm not going to sit on a Greyhound bus. I did that going up to Noosa for Christmas and it was just like hell. Like I'm not, I need, I need a quick and easy way to get there. So I was like, I'll book this flight. I was anxious for it for like a couple of weeks. I was like, okay, we're going to get on, on this airplane and I'm not going to take any benzos and benzos, by the way, are like Valiums and I'm just going to chill. Right. We're just going to get on there. We're just going to feel the fear and do it anyway. And we're just going to practice everything that I've learned in therapy. So I have obviously done like a quite a bit of work mentally. It actually put me into like quite a financial weird position where I don't have a lot of savings anymore. <laughs> um, Australian mental health is not great and the insurance companies don't cover a lot. They only cover about $250 worth, which is about one session. The government does subsidize a few sessions and that is about, um, I think 10 during COVID, they were subsidizing. Um, and I used up all my 10. And then with Victims Assist in New South Wales, I couldn't find anybody to do it with um, and even my own psychologist found it really difficult to be able to use that hours. So with that, I think I get like 26 hours, but I haven't been able to access them because I'm in Queensland. I don't live in New South Wales. But anyway, I needed to really work on myself last year. I went on a different type of antidepressant, which isn't an SSRI. And I basically was seeing my therapist like once a week and was trying to like build up this resilience and this bandwidth. So I then, sorry, I'm getting a little bit weird even like talking about this, but I, I think it's really important to talk about because I don't think that there's a lot of like firsthand accounts talking about it. Like there's a lot of psychology appointment, or not appointments, like psychology podcasts talking about panic attacks, but I don't think there's a lot of, there's a lot of like one, like firsthand experience actually talking about it and I'm still like I still had a panic attack on this plane FYI like spoiler it, it happened but I was able to move through it so anyway I get to it comes to like D-Day having a fly I get to the airport I know that I'm flying regionally 
So the plane is going to be small. <laughs> and this plane was quite small. I mean, I think you could only fit like 50 people on it. Like it was tiny. And they have to put you on a bus before you go out to the plane because there's like obviously no way for you to get on it like you don't go down one of those carriage ways you like have to go up like a tiny ladder and step onto it and like it's a little bit bigger than like maybe like three times bigger than like a private jet so it's still also it still has like propellers on both sides by the way but I got to the airport two and a half hours early just so I could like regulate myself. And then when it got time to get onto the bus, I started to get the dread. And panic attacks are paradoxical, right? So if you think you're gonna have a panic attack, it's gonna happen. And I always try to have the mindset whenever I'm driving now, like, you know, if we have a panic attack, whatever, like it's sweet, we can work through that. I'm cool with that, I can just pull over or I can, you know, sit with it like I'm I'm good with that although I don't drive along highways but that's a different issue within itself so anyway we got onto this little bus and the dread kicks in and I've been listening to like I can't say it, it's like binarial binarial I don't know I'm listening to those like real chill beats that have meant they like use it to help regulate anxiety and I'm like okay the dread's coming <laughs> We know we're getting on this plane. We knew this was going to happen. And I, in my head, I was having this like tug of war. And it was like, get off, get off the bus. Don't go. You don't need to go. Get off the bus. This feels really uncomfortable. Get off. And then my cognitive side would come in and be like, yo, it's all good, Maddie. Like, we got this. You've had this before. This is just a new experience. It's fine. You are safe. And then my other side of my brain which I'll explain in a second was like no this is not safe this is not safe at all you need to get up you need to get up now and I could actually feel like my legs tensing like I was gonna get up and run away because my fight or flight had been activated right so for me oh that's right what I was going to talk about what it's like when I have a panic attack so for me it's sometimes my eyes will go fuzzy I'll sweat I'll get really sweaty palms I'll start crying my breathing gets out of whack so I was just sitting there in this little bus <laughs> doing these like <sighs> breaths like you know imagining a box and I'm moving my finger across the box and like letting the thought come into my mind like the panic and then just letting it float away <laughs> and if it would keep coming back I would just keep breathing and watching it float away and just reminding myself that I'm having a thought of a thought of a thought like it's all good you know so then it comes to where the bus takes off right and that I've kind of settled it down now like I've gone back to my baseline of being okay and we get out of the bus and we're lining up to walk onto this like really small plane and I didn't realize that it was going to be such a small plane but I was like okay well we're here now it's not like I could turn around so I started practicing some mindfulness and I was just like, okay, we're just going to focus on the one step in front of the other, just one step. And I was like shuffling, <laughs> like I did not want to take those steps. And as soon as I got on the plane, I said to the flight attendant, I was like, look, I think I'm going to have a panic attack. I might cry. <laughs> like, 
I just want you to know that I'm okay, but I, I really don't like flying. And she was like, it's all good. It's a really quick flight. Like, honestly, but it's okay. I get anxiety too, so I get it. So that made me feel a bit better. And shout out to her. She was the best. But anyway, I sit down on the plane. I put my headphones in because these planes are really loud. Sit down on the plane, <laughs> put my headphones in, and I take my journal out. And I just start journaling, like I'm, I'm on the plane and I can't think properly at this point because cognitively I just can't do it. And I'm like, I'm on the plane thinking for like four or five seconds where normally when I'm journaling, I can just like write whatever's coming to my mind. I'm on the plane, pause, I'm going to dad and Nomi's wedding, pause. I just started having a panic attack. And then of course it comes back, right? And this is when I'm like, okay, let's go back to the breathing. Let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. And I have these little cards that were given out at one of the senior leadership conferences from my child safety work. And one of them says, I'm going to feel the fear and do it anyway. It's like giving yourself permission. So giving yourself permission to feel the fear giving yourself permission to fail but keep going, giving yourself permission to feel uncomfortable. And I picked out these picked out these little cards being like, okay, cool, I'll pick some out and we'll just see how it all, <laughs> we'll just keep writing. And then they reached a point where like I started crying because the pain, the plane was like taking off. But I was crying really quietly. I probably wasn't crying really quietly because I had my headphones in, but I was like crying and nervous. And the lady came over after she did like the safety thing and handed me some, uh, <laughs> some water and some like tissues. And I was like, oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to start drawing something in my journal. So I started drawing this like really stick figure like hills and waterfalls with like trees and birds nests and like a dog. And I just got out my like pastel highlighters and I just started coloring it in. <laughs> and one of the great things about mindfulness is that I could just be like, looking at these highlighters or whatever's in like my bag and I could just count out all the colors that I could see and it really brought me back so I was definitely so proud of myself once it had left I think it took maybe like 15 minutes 10 minutes and it was gone maybe even 20 minutes I'm not sure but like it was quite it was quite a short panic attack and it went away and then I started getting really excited and I was like oh my god I'm flying and I didn't even like get drunk I didn't take any benzos and I'm by myself and like mind you I used to fly to New York like all the time by myself all the time and <laughs> that was like that's like a sometimes a 32 hour like travel time you know so that was really fun <laughs> and I mean it was, it was fun when I need to take a sip of my alcohol but yeah I hope you guys are drinking like something whether it's tea or a wine I'm having a wine by sister's run 
but yeah it was heaps it was actually quite a fun experience and then when I landed um I got greeted at the airport by my dad holding a sign saying uh welcome home from jail Maddie <laughs> and it had hashtag cappy forever because I love capybaras and I was like oh my god that is so funny and it is really funny because like people who are from jail only have like black and grey tattoos and I only have black and grey tattoos and anyway it was just so funny but oh coming home or coming back to Brisbane before going down to the Gold Coast I mean that was that was like okay we're doing it this is what we're doing we have to get to the Gold Coast we gotta go to this conference the only way we're getting there is by this plane. And I was feeling like a little bit more confident. Like I was like, okay, cool. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. I got onto this plane and on these like little regional planes, they don't sit you next to somebody unless you've got a ticket or if it's a full plane. And this was like mid afternoon. So I was sitting by myself both times. But anyway, got on the, got on the plane and uh, just started journaling again, had my little routine set up. Um, didn't pick out any cards this time, like the permission cards. It was like breathing. Of course, I had like a little wave of anxiety where it was like, oh, we're going to have a panic attack. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. And I was just like, you know what? If we have a panic attack, I handled it last time. I know I can handle it this time. So with this whole thing that I'm talking about, which is like feeling the fear and facing your fears, I kind of want to explain to you, and I'm not a doctor, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a psychiatrist, but I want to explain to you what is happening inside of your brain when you're having a panic attack. So generally, when you're having a panic attack, and it's like phobia-based, and there's usually a trigger, and it happens, and you know, sometimes it can just happen out of the blue, you don't have to have any traumas. For me, I have traumas, so we, we know where it's, the source of it is from. But I, um, I found it really comforting to know what was actually happening internally in my brain and in why, why this was happening. So I'll explain it to you. Okay, let's stop getting so wordy. So imagine your brain in the palm of your hand and you place your thumb down into the middle of your palm and then you place your four fingers on top over that. So now that you're looking at your hand, so you have your four fingers on top of your thumb, which is laying in the middle of your palm. The four fingers at the front, this is your prefrontal cortex or your cortex, neocortex. If you flip that up, you then have in the middle your amygdala um, or your, I guess that's like, you know, your hippothalampus, so that sort of thing. Then your wrist is um, your neo, oh, sorry. <laughs> not your neocortex so I was doing so fucking well fucking dyslexia that is your brain stem your wrist so this concept this hand model of the brain this isn't mine <laughs> obviously this is Dr. Dan Siegel's and he is incredible he talks about flipping your lid and when you flip your lid your four fingers come up the front and it disconnects so your prefrontal cortex neocortex disconnects from your amygdala and your brain stem so your brain stem is like your lizard brain that's like your th your breathing your heart rate you know it's all of your 
your nervous system it's all that kind of stuff it's like you know when people hurt themselves or they break their neck then that stops them from breathing the amygdala that is your alarm system in your brain so that is the thing when back when we were like cavemen and we saw a tiger that was the thing that would tell us okay that's danger and we would go into fight or flight now the four fingers at the front that is your thinking brain and that is i mean i'm probably going to fuck this up somehow and someone's going to be like that's not right but this is our thinking brain it's the one that it's like our detective brain it's what makes us question things um it's our behaviors it's you know everything that kind of makes us human almost I mean, there's a lot more that makes us human, but in the context of this. So when you flip your lid, which is what it's called, when your four fingers are now off from the palm of your hand, your thinking brain can't speak to your amygdala and it can't in any way, shape or form think. And that's when people start to be like, oh my God, what are these sensations? What's going on? What's happening? Why is, what is this? What is that? Am I safe? Like, do I need to run? Do I need to hide? So I think what's really important if you are struggling with panic attacks is to be able to understand what is happening neurobiology. I can't say the word, but what's happening inside your brain and to understand that massively i mean i wish i kind of had this knowledge before i went on medication but i'm gonna have a hit on my vape and i just think it's so important to understand that because see when i was going through that panic attack on the plane i was like i my like i could really slow down my thinking and I could slow down what was happening and I wasn't as reactionary as I was before. So now that I've spoken about that, now I've spoken about facing your fear, which is like an actual fear. I, and I mean, they're all actual fears, but like as an actual evidence of firsthand account of facing a fear, I wanna talk about facing your fear as a creative. So I think one of the things that I always hear from people is that I could never do that. I could never start a business. I could never, you know, make a website. I could never have an exhibition. And yeah, maybe it's not a fear. Maybe it's a lack of confidence or a lack of knowledge. But I think a lot of it comes down to fear, fear of being rejected fear of their art not being liked. And I think it is so important to remember that, you know, nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. I mean, my first solo exhibition was called, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing because I literally didn't know what I was doing at all. I had no clue whatsoever. So I think as a, if you really truly want something, and if you really want it, you just got to feel the fear and do it anyway, honey. Like you just got to go in there, believe in yourself. Like when I was on that plane, I was like still mid panic attack, but I was like, no, we can do this. I believe in me. And you know what's so funny is that on Saturday, I have to get on another plane. <laughs> I have to get on another plane. And I'm so excited to tell my therapist on Friday 
because she doesn't know that I got on a plane. I haven't seen her in a couple of weeks. I can't wait to tell her and be like, yo, you'll never believe what I did <laughs> without even consulting you or getting your guidance. I took it upon myself to get on a fucking plane. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, I was messaging my friends being like, this is really difficult. This is really hard. I'm having a panic attack. But, you know, we did it. So when it comes down to being a creative and getting panicky, I mean, I know sometimes even like doing presentations and things like that, that can be super anxiety inducing. Like when I did the artist talk last year, there's a photo on my website in my bio of me talking and I'm smiling, but I'm having a panic attack in that photo. I'm full blown panic mode. And as soon as I started talking and just, you know, I just went along with my script or whatever, it faded away and it went really, really beautifully. But I think just, you know what, sometimes our anxiety can be the worst and the best, right? You know, two things can be true at once. And... I think you should really harness that side of yourself that is doubting because I feel that on the other side of that doubt, there is a lot of belief and we just allow ourselves as creatives, as small business owners to really hone in on and highlight that doubt. But if you just take a moment just to pause, think and look at everything else that is positive you'll find the confidence it is that you need to do it trust trust okay i'm gonna end that there because i didn't want this to be a long one i do have some really fun interviews coming up i have one with a um tarot card reader fuck yes we love I also have um, been linking in and trying to get on some burlesque dancers um, and some people of color. But of course, as always, if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Go follow me on Instagram at 1-800-MADBUTT. Send me an email through my website, madbutt.com.au, if you have any feedback or if you would like to come on the potty. And yo, go out there and do whatever you think you can't do unless you need like a license for it or something like don't go and like operate on people i'm not saying that but like if you think that you can't be in that exhibition submit for that prize do that presentation get on that plane like go and do it just go and fucking do it do it for me do it for me all right guys have a good evening or day wherever you are bye